Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au. Okay, episode 69 of the Talk and Power podcast. I am here with Todd Brinkworth and Simon Gonzo Travellini, and I am Nick DeCembri, transmitted on 88.5 FM where the valley comes alive. Oh, so I was supposed to hand over it. <laughs> it's yeah. all right, you can do it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we've got some big news. You guys been watching the, the Formula One. I would like to start the podcast off with this. For those of you who don't know, this, this is the Italian, Italian national anthem. So we'll just have this plane in the background as we're dissecting our way through the Italian Grand Prix. Todd, did you catch it? A bit of it, yes. A bit of it. I don't. Yeah. I don't know if you should. You should be playing the French, the French well, national yeah, okay. anthem. Yeah, well, <laughs> possibly, yes. But anyway. see, this is a typical Ferrari fan taking credit <laughs> where credit's not really due. <laughs> so the Grand Prix was in Italy, but it was won by a Frenchman. Yes, he was driving an Italian car, but. It's tradition to play the anthem from the driver. Well, they did. They driver's did. home country. The winning driver's home country. <laughs> anyway, all right, I'll, I'll wind it up there. But anyway, what an absolutely fantastic race. But I think before we get stuck into the race, we probably need to, you know, the, the events in qualifying in Q3 need to be discussed. I, I thought that that was an absolute debacle where we had nine, nine cars sort of holding back, waiting to see who would slingshot who down the main straight. And in the end, they all left it too late and only one car, Carlos Sainz, got through to to, to make a final timed lap, which was absolutely ridiculous. And I think Charles did as well, but he was already in the number one spot, so he didn't really need to go back around again. So what an absolute debacle. I don't know if you guys actually caught that at all. Well, it seems to be common in all the... the top motorsports now the same is happening on the MotoGP mm. circuit on the MotoGP circuit where um, you know they'll just circulate trying to get behind uh, one of the faster guys yeah. and it, it's a bit stupid I think what they need to do is just send the cars out one at a time now look I mean that's that was it's always I always like that format myself personally yeah. a, a timed lap on your own like the Bathurst uh, top 10 shootout but yeah, it was an absolute debacle and we had nine cars not what well, eight cars that didn't make it the final two minutes didn't get didn't get back in time <laughs> because they were all tiptoeing around each other slowing down to see who would slingshot who I think if you can if you got that strategy and I believed it to be the case in the past where teams dedicated each week or each race they would take turns and who was going to get, be getting the slingshot and who would be assisting in the slingshot. I don't know what happened in, on the weekend where that didn't seem to be discussed beforehand. So Vettel should have given, or in this case, maybe Leclerc should have given Vettel the slingshot down the down the straight. Anyway, yeah, but know. look, we've heard the teams talk about this, but in reality, I think the drivers, you know, it's it's sort of becoming every man for themselves mm, yeah 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 and th this was a perfect example yeah. of that alex peroni did you catch his accident on in um in formula three yeah i saw it on all the highlights and yeah. the bits and pieces it's Ter terrible accident. nasty he's yeah. uh, back in australia back home he's in got Jersey. a fractured yep. vertebrae mm. 
Um, but he's doing all right, and he can't wait to get behind the wheel again. Yeah, look, I mean, they removed those. Um, that Well, that particular curb has since been removed from the track, uh, but those sausage curbs are still there, and I think for, for those sorts of cars, they are problematic, no doubt about it. It's amazing the amount of air he got um, once he hit that curb and just basically... You know, it looked reminiscent of a Stevie Fast Jackson, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway... Charles Leclerc, your man Charles Leclerc. Yeah, look, Did you have money on the, no, on the race? No, I didn't. I probably should have, shouldn't I? Um, but yeah. You've I, been barracking. You've been like the, the leader of his fan club yeah, for that's right. a long time. I'll back this up as well. Yeah, you have. And uh, I'll tell you what, back to back, two victories. Yep. I'll tell you what, you got to, you got to, I mean, and you know, my favourite part about this race is right at the end, Hamilton's mowing him down, right? Trying to force an error didn't happen no Hamilton no. was the one that made the error in the end mm, yeah yeah <laughs> Hamilton and Bottas as well both had cracks at him both made errors in doing so a lot of talk about Leclerc's move on on Hamilton pushed him wide didn't get yeah he got the unsportsman yeah, flag yeah, yeah. So. I think that was timed well in, in Bonzo it would have been uh, interesting yeah. that it's Swan District's colours isn't it yeah <laughs> So look, or I mean, Collingwood. Yeah, that's Collingwood. true. <laughs> that, that is true. <laughs> but look, I mean, in in saying this, Renault's performance at this race as well, fourth and fifth, very credible. Um, they were a fair way back. They were a fair way back from, from yeah, but the they top finished. Three. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah they actually fourth finished. and fifth, and, and the truck made it there too. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> the truck made it there. They got all their shirts there as well. Yeah. So, look, it was great to see Daniel and, and Nico Hulkenberg up there as well. And, uh, look, I mean, the, yeah. The big disappointment was uh, Vettel. Mm. You yeah. know, yeah. He, um, he just doesn't seem to be focused anymore. No, yeah. no, no, certainly not. And that raises some, some questions in terms of next year he's still got another year to run on his contract but do you reckon they might be looking to offload him or red bull there's a lot of still a lot of talk red bull going back there i I don't know whether that's the case or not but who would they replace him with my my thought would be would be would be mick schumacher to make his debut too romantic too romantic yeah too romantic he hasn't proven himself enough yet. No, yeah. no, he probably hasn't. He's sitting there in the academy. Ferrari have got this... Look, I would argue now Leclerc is made himself the number one driver yeah. at yeah. Ferrari. Let's, and so it was... It, you know, when he was toe-to-toe with Hamilton mm. and he just kind of said, no, mate, yeah. <laughs> you're, not, you're not getting past. Oh, no. That was so cool because how many young people would have folded in that situation? Yeah. Yeah, done no, definitely. You know, yeah. I would love to have seen if there was words after the race. <laughs> I don't think Lewis was terribly impressed, but he certainly refrained. I mean, uh, did you see Martin Brundle certainly opened the door in the post-race interview to allow Lewis to walk straight <laughs> through that door? Didn't do it, but did not do it. Yeah. Did not walk through that door. So hats off to to Lewis. So he handled himself pretty well after the race. I felt yeah. in his commentary, even Toto Wolff's commentary at the race. I think they were. They were very sporting in in their in their remarks after the race. So look, hats off to them. Um, they did they did exceptionally well. Yeah, look, but Leclerc, he just he drove like a champion. Mm, I mean, that's yeah. that is a future world champion. There. Yeah, yeah, definitely. To be that young and that cool headed mm. and be under. I mean, when you lead, uh, you're under immense pressure because you haven't got anything to pace yourself against. Mm, you know what right, I mean? So yeah. you're basically doing a qualifying lap every every lap. Mm. And you need to be able to get, you know, 
every part of that lap, every sector, as close to perfect as you can because they're like sharks behind you. Mm, you know, yeah. the slightest mistake and they'll take advantage and then you've got to try and regain that. Mm. He was just so composed and just yeah. made it to the end, you know, under immense pressure on tyres that were meant to be slower. Mm, yeah, that's right, yeah. He had the hards. He had the hards from lap. I can't remember, but it was early. He went for the hards. Probably the better strategy because Lewis, in the end, had to pit again. He, I mean, he threw... He, he kind of gave up Lewis. Once he went off, he had that bit of off there. He went up, got some extra tyres and went for the fastest lap of the race. Bottas's tyres were nine laps fresher than Leclerc's hards. <laughs> Still could not get him. Wow. Okay. But yeah. they were out horsepowered as well. Yeah. They were out horsepowered, the Mercedes. Not often I say that, but they were there. So anyway, look, that was great. The Ferrari is back on track. I think the championship's certainly done, done and dusted for them. They can't they can't win it, but yeah. it's good to see them coming back. A bit like the Eagles. <laughs> they're, certainly, they're certainly done and dusted. <laughs> Ferrari's working on next year's strategy. Yeah. <laughs> Just like the Eagles. Yeah. We won't go there. <laughs> no. Hey, MotoGP was uh, another fantastic race. Unfortunately, I didn't catch it live. I had to watch it on the replay on Foxtel, but um, it's still just as just as good, I think. So um, close, Nick. Oh, Fabio! I've got Fabio Quattraro. I've so got close. big dibs on him, and I I think he's he right. You're Leclerc. Yeah, he is. He's riding out <laughs> yeah. of his skin, isn't he? You just like saying the name too, I think. I do. Yeah, Fabio Quattraro. Yeah, there we go. Quattraro. <laughs> Sound very French. No. no, it doesn't. Also doesn't. French. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How's and it was that? in Italy as well again. But he, wow. look, Mark Marquez took the chocolates home uh, after this race. But um, interestingly, you had some thoughts. I didn't realise so, what so, happened at the end of the race. I you think. know, the beginning of the race, um, there was a little bit of shuffling going on. Uh, definitely strange to see. Um, uh, Valentino's teammate, uh, Maverick Vinales. Vinales, that's it. Um, get the better of, uh, get the better of him, but he did, mm. and um, it sort of settled in. The race settled in with um, uh, Mark Marquez, Quattararo, mm. um, and Vettel, uh, and uh, Vinales. <laughs> Yes, it's, it was too much of a fast transition for Formula Sorry, One to yeah. MotoGP. We should have talked about drag racing in between. <laughs> Clear my head a little bit. Um, so basically, uh, it came down to the last lap, and Marquez had ha- had a couple of looks, um, and then he, he he dove down the inside, got the better line. Uh, Quattararo had a had a crack at regaining it. And to me, it looked like Quattararo could have taken him because Quattararo's cornering speed is just incredible. Mm. And when you consider the horsepower difference, you know, like you hear everyone talking about the Bologna Bullets and making a big deal about the Ducatis and their inline speed. But I'll tell you now, the Honda is the fastest bike out there. And I know that, uh, you know, Marquez is obviously very skilled, but I think that this season, we've started to see the young ones really show him that he's not as good as what everyone thinks. Um, and, and, and as far as I'm concerned, uh, Quattararo had a good run at him and Marquez rolled off mid-corner because he knew that Quattararo would have to stand up. It, you know, I mean, when you're laying over, you're pulling like, you know, 50, 60 degree lean angle 
and the bike in front of you slows down, you've got no choice, right? You, you're going to fall over if you try and slow down at that angle. You have to stand the bike up. So what, what I saw there was very rem reminiscent of um, uh, the, the, the famous, you know, kick incident mm. uh, between uh, Valentino Rossi and... Um, uh, Mark Marquez. Mark Marquez, mm -hmm. right? Um, they were tussling that whole race, and he was just trying to slow him down so that um, he couldn't challenge... Um, God, I forgot. I'm, I haven't had a really bad, bad <laughs> night tonight. Uh, he's driving for Honda. He's riding for Honda now. Lorenzo. Oh, Lorenzo. Yeah, yeah. Lorenzo was. Uh, it was between Rossi and Lorenzo that yeah, year for the yes, championship. Yes, correct. Yep. And Marquez seemed to hold Rossi up to stop him from challenging um, mm. Lorenzo, and and it kind of felt like Marquez was back up to his dirty tricks. Yeah, at this race now the thing is if you guys caught the way he celebrated after he celebrated like as if he'd won a championship right which which tells me that he's rattled now you know because if you if you sort of won that race and you're composed about it and you're like yeah you know cool you know i've got a bit of a strategy that's one thing but to to exaggerate the the celebrations in the manner that he did um Considering how many championships he's won, considering his total race tally, I, I think that he knows that his days are numbered now. Mm, and yeah. and this is the thing that everyone's got to realise in any of these sort of motorsports where, um, you know, you're particularly the motorcycle racing where, where, you know, you're basically part of that vehicle. As you get older, your flexibility, your strength, um, it deteriorates. Your wit might be a little bit sharper, and we've seen that in years gone by with Rossi, where he's been able to outsmart the opposition. Uh, but, yeah, I think, I think we're going to see the change of the guard there. Yeah. And, and, you know, you think about it, right? Quattararo's on... He's not even on a factory bike. It's a he's on a satellite yeah. team, Yamaha. you know? Yeah. And it's, it's actually last year's bike. Yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? So you put him on a Honda, and, and we'll see. You know, put him on a Ducati, and we'll see. Mm. Um Anyway, it was a great race. That MotoGP has not, uh, you know, bar a couple of races where Marquez just walked away, um, it's not failed to deliver a spectacular show. And this, as far as I'm concerned, was was just another, you know, fantastic race. And um, I think Quattararo is is right on the cusp of his first victory. Mm. I think we're going to see it very soon. And uh, you know, there's a few other young guys coming through the ranks. Uh, Gardner's kid. Is uh, he's close? Yeah, you yep. know. So uh, and uh, I mean, Marquez's primary goal is to try and get his younger brother mm. onto um, a GP bike, but yeah. we we'll just have to wait and see how. I mean, you could you can argue that the season's over. Marquez has won the championship mm. pretty much. You'd have to you know like break all his bones basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, that's right. Uh, Aragon next week. So it's only a one-week break for the MotoGP guys. They'll be back into it next week. So there I'm looking go. forward to yeah. that race, actually, because, um, yeah, didn't get to catch this one live. But uh, anyway, as I said, I caught it on the replay. So, no. Viva la France. Viva la France. <laughs> <laughs> All right, look, on that note, we'll take a short break here, and we'll be back right after this.
All right, episode 69 of the Talking Power podcast, transmitting on 88.5 FM. Where the valley comes alive. Anyway, we'll catch up with the kids from Wesley College. Uh, they're participating in the world finals for the Formula One in schools. Uh, this is part two of their interview. We talked about the driving element, so that's pretty exciting as well. I think for our listeners, it's not just about you know designing the car, it's also there's a bit of a, a driving element to it. Can you tell us a little bit about the judging categories? Because they don't just look at the driving. Um, so Everyone's pointing back to, <laughs> to Riley. Sorry, Riley. Um, so everyone in each team is judged on 10 different categories. Mm-hmm. So the first category is the specifications of the car, so yep. whether it complies with the regulations. Um, the second, category, second and third categories are about how the car's designed and yep. how it's manufactured. Mm-hmm. Um, the third category is about the design process of the car. The category was about the um, CAD design of the car. Mm-hmm. Um, fifth and sixth are about how the portfolio is designed and the content of it. Um, the seventh is marketing. And then eighth is your booth and trade display. Um, and then verbal presentation is the ninth and tenth. Yeah, okay. No, um, as well as that, there is the racing. So the racing is also worth quite a lot of points. Mm-hmm. Um, so... There's three different types of racing. There is autom- automatic racing where yep. there's no reaction time. There's reaction racing where there is a reaction. And then there's knockout racing. So what happens is at the end of the whole competition, there's for knockouts, what happens is um, the top eight net lap times, um, they go head to head in a seated tournament style bracket. So first versus eighth, second versus seventh, and it progresses up like that. And that includes reaction times, and the winner gets a bonus 30 points. Okay, all right. That's very, very interesting. Very interesting. All right, guys, look, um, tell us how people, our listeners, can get on board and help, and help you guys. Um, I know, apart from building the car, you really need to also kind of sell yourselves as well and promote yourselves. So. I know that the total costs that go over, you know, to get you over there it's go well over $60,000. And really, there's only a small fraction of that that actually goes into the car. The rest of it is obviously um, a variety of different things that, the, that, that you require. So tell us how it's possible for our, sis, our listeners if they can help you guys out. Uh, well, the easiest way to find out all of our information is to go on our website, which is ionic.net.au. Mm-hmm. And we also have... You'll see that we'll have an Instagram, which is at Ionic. At Ionic Australia. Yeah. Ost. Ost. Um, Facebook and Twitter. Twitter, yeah. LinkedIn. Yeah. Do we have? (laughs) Okay, LinkedIn. Um, We also have an email there, which um, will... We have one for each of us and for everyone else over at um, Mackay. And um, if you contact us, we'll be happy to get mentorship. We'll be happy to get you know, money sponsorship, but also if you have like materials like for wheels or for um, whatever else, like booth materials as yeah. well, they would be great. And we'd love to um, have you on board. We'll give you, um, there are the sponsorship opportunities from sponsoring us. Uh, well, you get your logo or whatever you want on the booth, the car, the portfolio itself. And you'll get to see the portfolio itself. We've got updates on how our team is progressing mm-hmm. throughout until November. And yeah, 
Yeah, that's one of the things, I must be honest with you, when I came and saw you in October of last year, I was impressed by the the, the level of corporate assistance mm. that you guys had, not just you, but even the other teams as well. Yeah. And I know, and I obviously, the, the corporate world does see value in what you guys are doing and what, and what Formula One in schools, F1 in schools, brings to the table. So well, it's a great exposure for local businesses to yeah. um, get their name out with a, a new group of people. Definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a worldwide competition with many schools and teams and countries involved. So, mm. it, yeah, it's a good little extra for the companies to sure. expose themselves. No, definitely. Paul, while you're there, um, clearly Wesley College sees the value and benefits in this program. Can you tell us what the students get out of the involvement? Mm. Oh, it's huge, um, the benefits they receive. Um, some of them include you know, just project management and um, working on a, as a team, uh, teamwork. But there's heaps of different areas that they all uh, focus on and um, things like Arav working with these CAD models and things like that. That's a skill set that yeah. not everyone gets exposed to. Yeah. Uh, in the engineering and marketing, you know, like Kalen's on the phone to multi-million dollar companies asking for assistance. Mm. Um, and I don't think every teenager would feel comfortable doing no, that. No, that's right. Um, yeah, and Riley's managing the team uh, probably better than some of our you know, managers in corporate world mm. um, in terms of the way that he gets people on board and things like that. Yeah, um, yeah and Chris is busy with um, getting all the resourcing and stuff together all the time. So there's little jobs like that that really set them up for, um, you know, life skills. Yeah, um, certainly. Yeah. I must, I must be honest with you, I, the way you articulated yourselves even today, but even before that as well, I thought it was very professional and I have two boys myself they're only 10 and 12 but I hope they turn out to be fine young guys like yourself because I think you know that's um I couldn't imagine my boys doing that to be honest to you but yeah. um, no, it's a credit to yourself so um how many teams does Wesley have entered this year in the in typically the typically we have quite a lot this year um we've got two uh teams going to state final and yep. obviously these guys go to the world mm-hmm. competition so we've kind of put our resources toward the world competition a bit more and sort of reduced our state um, uh, teams this year. So, sure. yeah, generally we have six or eight yep. interested, yeah. No, definitely, that's mm. good, that's great. Look, tell us ambitions in, in furthering your career in motorsport, obviously, collectively around the table, you want to tell us? Um, so, using this competition, um, I've been able to meet some really awesome people, like at the national finals I got opportunities to meet people like Marty Abinato and um, oh, right. Toto Wolf yep. um, during our pit walk but um, yeah so I hope that one day I can possibly be um, a manager of an F1 team yeah. or something like that. That's incredible. So um, similarly with the competition and my previous passion for F1, um, it's kind of solidified my uh, desire and ambition to pursue a career in uh, engineering for an F1 team. Mm-hmm. Although I don't watch the F1 personally, I've learned like many skills in F1 skills, yeah. um, which can help me in a career such as like being a financial accountant, mm. yeah. which will communicate with others yeah. and use like um, Excel to help me out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, like Chris, I'm not th- as into um, F1 as the, the other two are, but yeah, the skills I've learned this through this competition are like impeccable. Yeah, I, I'm. 
gone, I'm trying to be a software engineer in the future, and this has helped so much, especially in like networking and stuff. It's been great. Mm. Now, look, I mean, yeah, I know F1 is the, is the pinnacle of motorsport, but I think in Australia as well, like, I mean, there's TCR is now really gaining some ground. Uh, S5000, I think that's probably going to be the next, I won't say big thing, but it's going to be up there as well. Uh, supercars as well is is is... is Percolating along quite nicely, so there's there's lots of you know areas you can get involved in as well, not just necessarily Formula One. And I think in Australia, you know, the, the world is your oyster. Mm. Just quickly around the table, favourite driver and favourite team. Uh, so favourite driver, um, I'd have to go with either Carlos Sainz or Lando Norris. Yeah. Um, I'm a McLaren guy. Oh, okay. Yep. So yeah. Uh, probably all time Senna. Yep. A legend. Uh, or Nico Rosberg. Yep. But currently, Ricardo or Norris. Yeah. Yeah, personally, I'm a Red Bull fan. Yep. Yeah. No. Nah. Nah. Oh, I'm a Red Bull fan as well, and I like Hoffenberg. Oh, okay, yep. Yeah. I don't really have an opinion, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, fair I, enough. I, I, wa- right. I watch it a bit, but, you know, yep. it's kind of. Mm. Yourself, Paul? Uh, I'm a bit like Kaylin, don't uh, follow it hugely, but um, I think for the Perth aspect, I have to. For Ricardo, Daniel. yeah, 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 no, certainly. Yeah. And we got to meet him uh, in Melbourne, so that was pretty oh cool. wow, yeah, there you go. Said, you guys are really ticking all yeah. the boxes, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, look, thanks for your time on the podcast. Is there anything else you guys want to add before we finish up here? Uh, not really, thank no. you, Nick. No, 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 no problem. So They're gonna take charge, I think. Yep, <laughs> that's no idea. Yeah. Uh, I don't need to take charge. That's it. So, look, thanks, guys. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for reaching out. We really appreciate it. And uh, for those people listening, head to their website, head to their Instagram pages. We'll share it on Facebook as well. We'll share it through our social medias as well. Thanks, guys. Much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. All right, that was excellent. And thanks to those guys at Wesley College. Um, We wish them all the very best for the Formula One in schools final. It's sad that they've got more CNC equipment than I do. It's really sad. Yeah, they have a lot of equipment there, those guys. But they're great kids, great kids. Really doing really well. Hey, um, Paul Mahoye came out this week and uh, made a formal statement that he's basically not quitting full-time racing but won't be running the door slammer next season or for the foreseeable future, which is a big blow to drag racing and the 400 Thunder and Pro Slammer, in, in my view. Um, he's the current... Uh, champion and two championships in a row um, and record holder I believe as well correct me if I'm wrong I think he is I'm not sure mate I don't follow Thunder 400 thank you you, Simon (laughs) anyway all that aside I don't don't follow it as in I don't understand it (laughs) seems like there's a different rule book and different yeah racing They don't have, I don't know, they eliminations don't have, one week elimin- and then yeah. they have this that, and they have that. Very good point, Simon. You're, you're correct. They, they only have, race on Eastern States tracks. and Only two of them as well. It's only two. The sportsman, oh, okay. the sportsman series go to a number They of have tracks, a sportsman series. They do, yeah, yeah. Yep, yeah. Okay. Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Yep. It's funny for such an unsporting organisation <laughs> for them to have a sportsman series. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's get back to Paul Mahoya. Look, it's very sad to see him go and their team go as well. Uh, I think they contributed um, contributed a lot, of, a lot, a lot to, this, to the door slam or pro slammer, sorry, I must say. And we had greats like Billy Stockland out here in Australia. It's not even, you know... No, he's often, a legend. Yeah, yeah. It's not often we get to see Billy out here in Australia. Mark and Savage, another legend. Savage as well, yeah. Yep. So, look, I mean, it was great... Um, 
Paul, we wish him the best in future endeavours. I think he's looking, he's more than happy to continue to drive for people. Yeah, they've helped a few teams. Yeah, they helped Ambrosi out not long ago when he had mm. that big fire. That's correct, yeah. 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 So, look, it's quite sad to see him go, and um, uh, we wish him all the best for the future. All right, on that note, we'll take a short break here, and we'll be back right after this. All right, episode 69 of the Talking Power podcast. We're transmitting on 88.5 FM. Where the valley comes alive. And on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Podbean. Podbean, Thank you, Todd. yeah. And, and other places as and well. And other places sure. to come. Yes. Nick and I have been yes. doing some homework in the background on how to get, get to more people. Yeah. So stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> you don't think you're pissing off people? Yeah, no. <laughs> Coming from you. You want to get to, get to yeah. more? Coming yeah, from me. Yeah. Sure, Speak, why not? Speaking of which, we're about to... That's piss. my job. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm the apprentice, so it's, it's good. Speaking of annoying people, we're about to win a whole uh, legion of Triple Eight fans. <laughs> with the, the new Commodore era upgrades were released this week for the New Zealand round of the supercars. Isn't and it funny that they didn't cut the Mustang back anymore? Yeah, they gave yeah. the Commodore. Well, and I thought the parody issue was with the Nissan. Yeah, I know. Well, it, it, it is. It, I mean, it seriously is. They are now seriously outgunned the Nissans. I don't know if you saw the race on the weekend down the straight. They were absolutely looked terrible. Yeah, I saw a bit of it, and they were yeah. just getting basically passed by everyone. Really, they're gonna give them nitrous or something I, I don't know they have to address it as soon because there's no more nissan backing so i don't i can't see what the the hold up in i mean the retooling to another car is obviously a cost that that rick and the team don't want to bear but they really do need to sort something out there because the so ultimate you can't even buy in australia anymore what happens now is it going to be like just forward soon mustang cup yeah, yeah, and well, no, they're getting. I mean, the the Holden teams will still persist with the ZB. They've got this new aero package deal happening. Yeah, <laughs> you can't. No one can say it and no, keep a straight face. No, no, that's true. That's and true. it looks ugly. I'm just thinking. It looks like a kid's drawing gone wrong with the ZB. It's like anyway, a, let's go. Telstar. Or is it Telstar? Yeah, it looks like yeah, a Mazda, Mazda Six. Mazda I mean, that's an obvious connection there. But, In fact, that's probably what it is. But the Mazda 6 is actually better looking. Oh, As I said, we're really going to annoy call. some Commodore owners. <laughs> I don't think anyone owns one. I don't Actually, know you know what? I saw one. one. I was I was riding back from Rockingham. I took my bike for a ride on the weekend. You went to I, Rockingham? Yeah, went to Rockingham. And, um, and you made it back. And I made it back. And I didn't get arrested. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike me the other night, but we'll get there later. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get to that. Um... And I saw an RS. Yeah. That's the first one I've ever seen. Yeah, there's not too many of them around. No, because who would pay $70,000 for a front-wheel drive V6 Commodore? They are expensive. They are expensive. The whole idea was in the importation of these vehicles was to bring the cost down. No, it wasn't. They haven't passed those savings on. No, it wasn't. It was to make more money. Yeah, I know, but you've got got to... And, you, you know, the sad part about it is the VF... And the FG, yeah, and FG, yeah, were were arguably the two best Australian cars ever manufactured. No doubt. And and you know, here's a fact for you, fun fact. You know, we're selling 
Barrow Motors to the US now. Mm. There's apparently a hundred in the US at last count, if not more. So, and you know how much the Americans are paying for our taxi engines? Three and a half thousand dollars, and that's real American dollars, not Australian pesos. It's American, <laughs> so that's like a million dollars Australian. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is good money. I didn't realise that the following was so so big. At so, the so you can buy a, probably a whole wrecking yard of FGs for three and a half thousand dollars US. What if Peter Glover's listening? I got some cash, Simon. Let's go. Let's go buy a few FGs. You know, yeah, up and we'll just. Yeah, but the problem with that is. The problem with that is if we send them all over to America, we'll end up having to buy them back. I know, yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, no, I will go there and turn them for them. Done, easy, make money out of it. <laughs> Were we talking about supercars? Yeah, it's got mechanical injections, so I don't know what's going on with it. <laughs> but anyway, the new Commodore's got their aero upgrade this week. They had that Kuni brake light in the top window removed. I don't know, have you seen that on the road cars? they got that Kuni brake light. And it used to spoil the air running down the back window. It was terrible. Oh, really? Yeah, that's been removed from the race car. That's gone. Uh, they've got a basically uh, another 25 mil on the front, on the diffuser on the front, an additional 25 mil added. And then also there's a little lip that runs along the boot lid that flares up a little bit, and that's helped with the rear wing, uh, the downforce on the rear Isn't wing. Isn't that going to slow them down on the straights, though? Yeah, it, 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 do, it will do. But they wanted the downforce. They've got an extra 60 kilograms at about 200 kilometers an hour. So that's what they, that's what they wanted. So, so that for mid-corner speed? I believe so, yeah. yeah. Yep. Do you think it had an effect? No, I don't think so. I think, look, I mean, Shane Van Gisbergen won on the Saturday. Jamie Wincup had a weekend that he would rather forget because he got pinged right at the start of the race. You're he not abs- going to let him forget, are you? <laughs> he absolutely- Did you ring him and remind him? <laughs> he <laughs> T-boned the living daylights out of Nick Percat and, st- and kept a straight face and thought it was okay. Yeah, but he's with Triple Eight. Did you see that? Like the Winch Cup, the the T Bone job that he it's did. True. On... He's, he's with Triple Eight. You can do whatever you want if you're in Triple Eight. Not, yeah. not, not exactly. Anyway, he got he got a, a um, yeah, got penalised for that, and he dropped six places for that on the Saturday evening. We'll get to Jamie Wing Cup the Sunday race in a minute. I just want to touch. Uh, so SVG took the win on on Sunday. It was a Saturday. Sorry, that was a great race. And now we're seeing this is kind of like a glimpse to next year where we've got the two 70-lap races, so two 200-kilometre races. That's what we'll be seeing a lot more of in 2020. Lucky yeah. they're not running Renault motors, eh? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, look, I mean, now let's get back to... Yeah, so he got careless driving uh, penalty and 15-second post-race penalty. Is that a black and white flag? No, no, it was, it was, it was, this was after the race, so it was at a hearing, so. Unsportsman. It, it certainly was, and I, I don't think you could, anyone could argue their way out of that one. I don't, I'm not a big Nick Percat fan, but I think Nick said words to the effect that, um, if you were watching that on TV, Jamie, do you reckon that you would have penalised yourself? And he wasn't able to answer that question. Anyway, they, it was a, a terrible hit anyway. If that's what, what's done, is done. The Sunday race, I don't know if you guys caught it then. Todd, I don't know if you saw the, the, the mess that unfolded on lap 12. Oh, bits and pieces of it. I was watching it in the background doing stuff. Okay, so. So, so basically, at the end of the day, what happened... Let's just make a long story short here. We had... 
we had a safety car come out. I can't remember. Someone blew up. I think it was, a, it was not I think. It was a ZB that blew up. Yeah. <laughs> it was a ZB that Did blew anyone up. get the number of that bus? <laughs> blew up. And anyway, so they called out the safety car. Now, in this situation, um, Jamie Wincup was not leading the race at the time. However, race control were not aware of who was leading the race. They thought it was... Because <laughs> why would they know? <laughs> <laughs> They've sent the safety car out there with with full yellows on. Mr. Magoo, buddy, motorsport anyway. <laughs> what would you do if the safety car picked you up with full yellows on? Well, in the days of thunder, I'd hit the pace car anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I can't Doctor comment. Swing. I'm married. <laughs> But you're single, you know? What would you happen if you got picked up by, by a safety car? So safety cars come out of pit lane and they, they've they got the full yellows on. What do you do? Sit behind them. You sit behind them, right. Yeah. Okay. Now, in fairness to Jamie, he knew he was not leading that race. So he was not the race leader. Yeah. But he drove around the safety car. <laughs> Lee Holdsworth, Somewhat frowned upon. Yeah. <laughs> Lee Holdsworth stayed behind him. And I think this isn't his first rodeo with a safety car either. No, it's not. <laughs> but all that aside, you, you can kind of forgive, kind of forgive Jamie for doing what he did. No, no, no you probably can't. But... <laughs> no, no, since you when can't. have I been an advocate for Jamie Winkup? Yeah, but anyway, I'm trying yeah, to I'm trying to build a minute. case for him here. No, he's in a no. He's in there's a this thing called of, protocol. Yeah, he's he's in a fair bit of strife here because, as it's turned out, race control have confirmed they weren't aware of who the leader was at the time. However, protocol, as you say, dictates they bring the safety car out. They pull up who they think the leader is, and until they resolve. Who, and when they determine who the leader is, then they will allow that car to go past and the subsequent cars behind it until they get the leader. Jamie didn't allow them to do that. Yeah, okay. So he was penalised quite yeah. heavily. See, yeah, he thought he was doing him a favour. <laughs> I'll sort this out. Leave yeah. it to me. <laughs> this is why I'm on a million-dollar contract. Anyway. <laughs> and have a helicopter. Anyway, As yeah. it's turned out, his, his post-race probably comments... probably Robinson... <laughs> Everyone's got a Robinson. <laughs> anyway, as it's turned out, his post-race comments are probably what's going to get him in a lot of trouble. I'm going to read it verbatim. The problem is you've got all the drivers. You've got everyone here. This is our life, you know, and we're pushing bloody hard. And you've got people making decisions that are just cruising back, just having a few glasses of red each night and rocking up at the track and brain's not with it. They're not operating at the same level as... What, what the teams are operating at. Now, that, that comment, Cams have asked him for an official please explain on that on that commentary there. I, I can't see that in my notes. <laughs> oh, sorry, I've since added that because that, oh, that happened today. Bloody hell. No, Does anyone any, know? Oh, no, and it's in those notes. Does bro. anyone know what sort of red he's referring to? Is it Shiraz? <laughs> now, I must add, I must add. Because if it's Merlot, then I can understand where he's coming from, but... <laughs> You know, I would disagree if it's Shiraz. <laughs> now, I, in, in a first for what I believe is in supercars, Neil Crompton has actually gone up to race control and he didn't throw Jamie under the bus, but he suggested to Tim Schenken, Chief Steward... Ex-Formula that, 1. Yeah, yeah, Supremo, <laughs> that some of the drivers suggested that you might be sipping back at night time <laughs> drinking red wine. This was live on TV. 
Oh. This is no word of a lie on Foxtel Live on TV. Did he suggest what sort of wine it was? <laughs> no, no. Tim Schenken certainly didn't subscribe to that um, that theory either. So, not terribly happy. What and is, as Nick, just, I just want to make sure that the listeners aren't confused. Did he suggest that it was white wine? No. <laughs> <laughs> Or perhaps it was bourbon or yeah. it was a pink rose label I sound of it, uh, you know. No, the supercars will definitely be wine of some description. So yeah. it'll be Jack's. Jack's <laughs> Yeah, so Tim's Tim Vigionero. <laughs> anyway, he's in a bit of strife, old uh, old Jamie Winkup. So he's got to please explain. Might be a Pino. Pino Grigio. <laughs> anyway. This so what do you reckon's gonna happen? I don't know, but he'll, he's got to he's got to please explain. Is his he going to go to the the uh, tribunal? Yeah, same one Tommy Hawkins went to tonight as well from Geelong. <laughs> got got absolutely nothing. <laughs> what about old mate punching someone in the head with a closed fist? He got nothing. Fist. He got nothing. Oh, he got a week. <laughs> it's finals, you know. In <laughs> case he didn't, so <laughs> we can belt people. Toby Green is to appear tomorrow night. Anyway, I don't want to talk about that. Really. Anyway, that's harsh. That's harsh. back to the supercast. Be happy. Scott McLaughlin ended up winning. So on the Sunday, took a took another win and and and, and has notched up the seventeenth win of the year and becomes now the all time. That's it, the most wins in a season. Most wins in a season. Yep. ever. That's correct. In yep. the history of supercar racing, that is wow. correct. Has exceeded Craig, Craig Lowndes' record. Took the record Ooh. from Lowndesy. In a Ford. It'd be interesting to see if this car... In a has bloody the, Mustang. <laughs> ...has the same sort of history that Kate has. Kate, that as in Jamie Winkup's Kate. This blank looks at me. Jamie Winkup had a Commodore back in 2010 called Kate. And Kate. That is, at the not, moment... Not Kit. Uh, no, Kate. Kate. It was... Did it have yeah. a light that went... Woo, 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 woo. Kate has gone into the history books as the most winning chassis of all time. Oh, really? I think this Mustang, if DJR Penske keep it alive for another year, will exceed that record. Ooh. It's just a tool, mate. It's just a tool. Just like a spanner in the toolbox. Okay, all right. Well, anyway, it's just a tool. Talk about There's nothing... There's no, it's a machine. There's no emotion there. It doesn't... Kate, trust <laughs> trust them triple eight to call the car Kate. <laughs> just to finish up, just to finish up, uh, David Reynolds signed a ten year deal for Airbus Motorsport. That is incredible. Yeah. Ten year. This is Buddy Franklin territory we're in here. He signed nine years at Sydney Swans back in the day, and everyone mocked him. You think Airbus is still going to be around in ten years? You know what? You beat me to it, eh? <laughs> I. If I was a betting man, I'd say no. There is so much. But what about if you're a betting man? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> ah, boom, boom. Cliche. <laughs> uh, there's so much sarcasm inserted in tonight's podcast. Has anyone spoken to Penrite? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys still going to be sponsoring Eurobus in ten years' time? That's a good point. Anyway, it's a ten-year deal. That's incredible. That's off to Davy and Betty. It's still going to be running. Petrol engines in ten years oh, time. Yeah, it's incredible. Like the sport will transform, no doubt. In this 10 years. is going to be at least one federal election between <laughs> yeah. now and then. It could be Erebus Tesla. Erebus <laughs> yeah. Tesla. Maybe Tesla's going to join. If Betty's uh, listening, I've got the naming rights to that already. Erebus, Te- <laughs> <laughs> my idea. What's Erebus so. mean anyway? Sounds like some sort of ear disease. <laughs> you know, I learnt this once. And I can't remember off the top of my head. So well, there you go. 
We'll have to go to the judge. Is it some sort of can buster device? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that. You're I a should, bus. I should know that, but I, I do not. So my apologies, Betty. It's a protocol. Anyway, it's we need to take a break on that note, and uh, we'll be back with our heat more. We've got Drag Week to cover. There's lots to cover on Drag Week, and then we've got some really exciting stuff to talk about even after Drag Week. Big podcast <laughs> yeah. tonight. So make sure you tune in. We're coming back with Drag Week right after this. Episode 69 of the Talking Power Podcast. We're transmitting on 88.5 FM. Where the valley comes alive. And podcasting through Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher. See? It's not that easy, Todd, is it? Uh, As you're telling me about the, um, the bit of a stitcher there, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> a bit of a stitcher. Up, got you good there. Yeah. You didn't expect that. You'd have it listed, wouldn't you? Yeah. No, I wouldn't. I wing it like I normally do. <laughs> hey, um, Drag Week has been run and done, and looks Drag like, Week 13. Yeah, it looks Lucky. like it was an awesome, awesome event. Won by Tom Bailey overall. We'll yeah. get to that in a minute. Oh, you can, okay. Sort of stretch that one out. Yeah. <laughs> we won't say, yeah, well, anyway, you got to listen to find out a bit more. But anyway, hey, um, started out at um, Virginia Motorsport Park. Uh, they were greeted with rain on the first day. So um, now we had, let's go through the Aussies that were there. Ben Neal in his Toyota Cresta. Todd, can you tell us a bit about that car? Because I know you, you know a lot about that car. Yeah, it actually started off as a Monte Car Mods project. That was the the yeah. car, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, they built it. Um, I actually believe it was for a Transformers promo. There you go. There, I know my knowledge. Basically, dropped a Barry in a Cresta. Um, oh, was it got a Barry in it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I they thought it had a two J in it. Nah, Barra. They took it to some um, drag racing go. wizard over in Sydney, um, who basically built a um, four link rear end for it out of his back shed. Then they used it for a bit of a promo gear, and then eventually it sort of sat around doing nothing. So Ben grabbed it and started running it, and he took it over last year. That's right. It's been there for a while, hasn't it? He took it over last year and basically said, look, this will be the only time I ever do it. But he ended up going so well and getting so much publicity that he said, we're coming back. He then brought it back and did the drag tour. What's it called? Over here? Drag Drag Challenge. Challenge. And from what I understand, it was pretty much did Drag Challenge, got... Chucked in a shipping container the day after Drag Challenge finished and then made it in the US with limited time. The actual interesting thing they did this year, was I'll be watching the bit of it, they built a sister car with the same engine and sort of chassis setup, but in a Fox Body Mustang. Yeah, that was Ben Paganoni. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So, and, and then jokingly, as we mentioned earlier in the show, um, apparently last year there was only three bowers in the US. Yeah. Now there's a hundred and something. Mm. And he reckons that he might go back next year, um, basically because there'll be a barra field almost. So, mm. so <laughs> I just want to point something out here, right? So the Fox Body Mustang, right with the barra eight 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 ninety three. Went quicker than it went quicker than that during the. But anyway, we'll get probably to that. did. Mm. Um, <clears throat> Rob Monster Tour mm. eight eighty. Really? 880 with the ZF6 speed in a full weight FG. In a f- the full weight one. <laughs> the full weight. So, so Jesus. what would that motor do in a Fox body? Yeah, Probably run that, sevens. That yeah. Fox body looks very... That, that wasn't built here, was it? They're a 2,400-pound car, generally. No, it was um, an X V8 5-litre something 
US drag car, like, mm. and there were, I didn't actually see any inside photos of it. But, I, but I'm oh, it's fully, yeah, full cage. Oh, I'm led to believe yeah, it's yeah. pretty. It was pretty well sorted. Mm. So yeah, yeah, because an FG's around four thousand pounds. Jeez, I didn't know that um, robber's gone that fast. Yeah, that's that. the world record now for the ZF six speed. Jeez, <clears throat> one of our converters, of course. Well, that's put it. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> anyway, that's that. That was day one. I don't have, unfortunately, I didn't have times for for everyone here. But we had basically uh, five Aussies running in drag week this year, which is slightly down on numbers on previous years. But we had Harry Haig, who's been on the podcast before, Cordy Haig, who was teaming up with uh, Robbie Abbott as well, and then we also had Brendan Galt in his fifty-five Chev. And then we had Ben Neal in the Cresta, Toyota Cresta. And we also had uh, Ben, is it Ben? Sorry. Yeah, Ben Paganoni as well in the Fox Body Mustang. So they were the five Aussies over there. And I believe, I think Luke Newhoff was there as well. But I don't know if he was responsible for the video footage that we saw on Street Machine. Scotty not... Didn't go? I don't believe so. I didn't see him. Yeah, there. I didn't see him on any footage. He wasn't I, on any of I the... did see Luke floating around the background. Oh, did I could you? be wrong. Yeah. It could be his doppelganger, but I'm pretty sure I saw him floating around in the background. Because so. I know Scotty crewed with with um, Harry last year, yeah. but I, I certainly didn't see him in any... I, that's what I was spending all night last night doing, basically, was watching all this stuff. So, you, Harry had an opal grill? Yes, so that, that stemmed from the big, big crash on the day, I believe it was day three, where, um, geez, you oh. got me on the hobby. So, yeah, Magnus, Magnus Frost. Magnus Frost. Yeah, okay, crashed. so he got the grill off of that car. Yeah, well, they were, they were helping each other out. They were helping each other out the whole, the whole through the whole tour. And basically, <clears> that car crashed quite heavily. It was a, quite a bad crash. He was lucky to walk out of that because he's hit the wall, rolled over on the on the roof and done. they've done a, a heap of damage. They pulled the Opal grill off that and they've run that on Aussie, Aussie Chevelle for the remainder of the, the event. Kind of like a black like, armband. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> kind of like a fitting tribute. And I believe some of the crew ran with the, the guys and helped out Harry and, and Cordy for the rest of the event. Um, so, yeah, day two was from Cecil County Raceway. Uh, ben Neal dipped into the 8s, 895. Brendan got a 1055. And Ben Paganoni ran a 864. Harry Haig, 868. And uh, Cordy Haig, that was his first run. He didn't run on day one. He did 1122. That was a really bad start as well. I mean, his 60 foot was shocking. Um, and Robbie Abbott did a ten twenty. That was would that would be their best time in that car for the whole for the whole event, that ten two oh. And Tom Bailey did a six eighty three. Day three was from the Atco Dragway in New Jersey. Considerable drive there. Um, and that Ben Paganoni, they had to they had some sensor issues. They replaced the map sensor on that. They did a nine oh seven. Brennan Galt a ten fifty and Ben Neal and his Krista uh, he was in the low nines and Cordy and Robbie they had flex plate issues and they would be on the side of the road for pretty much that whole day they did make it to the track but they didn't get there till really late so um, they were really struggling and Harry got a personal best 865 but he was really hoping to get um, get into the 850s um, they had fuel pump problems as well and hotel issues as well so they were kind of struggling there Day four was from Maryland International Dragway, and Ben Paganoni ran an 883, and that, that car was running quite well. Um, Brendan Galt did a 1070, 
they were struggling in the heat as well. So they had so they had some. It was quite warm this day. I believe it was almost forty degrees Celsius this day. Yeah, they've had some pretty crazy weather. They, mm. they did last year as well, I which is like a yeah. thousand degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they were chasing. Well, storms were chasing them once again. Yeah. That wouldn't be wouldn't be drag. We were out of the cyclone trying to yeah, wipe them all out. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, two star, two all those turbo cars <laughs> causing it. Yeah. Category seven. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the Malibu Stacey, that is Cordy's and uh, Robbie Abbott's car, eleven oh six. And Tom Bailey would go ten. Uh, sorry, six twenty seven there. Day five was back to Virginia Motorsport Park. Ben Paganoni went an eight sixty seven. Ben Neal at eight sixty one. That would be enough for him to secure third in class for modified power adder. Brennan Galt. Um, you're in a 10.54. I think that was his best time for the whole event, I believe. Um, and Harry Haig finally got into the 8.50s, and that was enough. Did an 8.58. That would be enough for him to come third place overall in street race big block power adder. So that was absolutely magnificent for those guys. It's they're one of their best, the best drag weeks they've ever had. Um. I wonder if he actually changed the oil and transmission. <laughs> well, so, so for the, the listeners that don't know what Nick's been rabbiting on about for the last <laughs> 10 minutes, Drag Week's an event that they run in America where they have to drive to five, five, yeah. five tracks. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's four tracks, I think, because they finish. Yeah, they finish where they started from. Yeah. Yeah. And they cover 1,200 miles? 800 this year. 800 this yep. year. 800 miles. Mm-hmm. Um, now... Uh, Tom Bailey's car mm. um, ended up running the first mm. five-second pass. That's so, correct. so picture that this vehicle uh, has driven to four tracks, covered 200 mile between each track, mm-hmm. um, which is how many in metric? <laughs> 300 <laughs> kilometers. Yeah, 200 miles is 320 <clears throat> yeah. kilometers. 320 kilometers, roughly between track to track. So from here to Three Springs and run. Uh, quicker than I've ever run mm. <laughs> in my door slammer. <laughs> and you've got to add, they most of them tow you trailers. Have, yeah. yeah, you had a little U haul yeah, on the back. You, tow, yeah. you, you basically have to have all the equipment you need and spares and yeah. tyres in. And crew. And mm. see, I didn't. I thought last year that you had to have some of your crew on the car, but not all. Whereas this year, I no. think it was all crew was in the car. No, it's always been like that. Oh, but what you're allowed to do is people from other teams are allowed to help you uh, right but they have to be in another car they can't be in a in a you know tow vehicle or something like that that's 100 so there you go so it is incredible to think that you could drive a car that would have to be making in excess of 3,000 horsepower mm-hmm. must be making closer to 4,000 horsepower three three and a half thousand something like that 800 miles yeah <laughs> look at the mile an hour 250, 250 mile, mile an, an hour. hour. Yeah, that's... That's incredible. That was moving. He was incredible. Moving. That is an incredible feat for Tom Bailey and, and that uh, that team. And it was, yeah, an amazing... Another amazing event. And I think, you know, those guys... The downside is a lot less competitors mm. and a lot more people turning away from this event mm. um, because there's no prize money. Yeah, yeah. You win a jacket... Yeah, <laughs> if you win, if oh, you wow. win drag week, yeah, but it's it's a it's a tradition that stems back to the original streetcar racing the Hot Rod magazine had when they had the Flowmaster top ten, mm-hmm. uh, where they they basically 
put it up that uh, if you could get into the seven second bracket, you won a Flowmaster jacket. And that was the beginning of the, um, the Pro Street era yeah. where they went from just looking like they were fast to actually being fast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I believe that the, the original guy was the Corvette guy. Uh, what was his name? Um, he had the the white and pink uh, 59, I think, Corvette. But tell me something, Todd. This is run by the Hot Rod magazine, which is part of the Roadkill and, and the whole the whole network that's owned by Discovery, no? Um, I'm not sure. I was actually, while you guys were talking, in the back of my head trying to remember. Okay, so it wasn't true. It was Rod Savory. <laughs> Anyway, that's it. The first seven-second street illegal car. And that was a very, very long time ago. <laughs> that does look like a, quite a considerable time ago, that photo there. Um, so I was in... I don't even think I was in high school yet. Hmm. I may have been in high school. Rod Sabery. There you go. <laughs> yeah, anyway, that's what my question to Todd was like, I thought this was part of the Discovery Network. I think, I guess the sport needs to be packed, the, the event needs to be packaged up maybe differently. The, the, the job that Street Machine do is absolutely magnificent yeah. in bringing it to w, into, into Australia. The, yeah, they, they do. Um, see, the big controversy is that Rocky Mountain pays prize money mm. for their event. Uh-huh. And, and... As uh, multiple winner, um, the truck. Uh, oh, Larry. Larry, Larry Larson. Larson. Yeah. As multiple winner, Larry Larson has made it quite clear why would he go and waste a week of his time at Drag Week when he can show up for a, a grudge or no prep race and pocket 50 grand? Mm, yep. Um, which begs the question why would you go race Top Door Slammer <laughs> when you spend. <laughs> 50 grand to try and win four or we're still top fuel <laughs> when you spend a million dollars to try and win five <laughs> oh, well, look like, hey on that note we'll take a break here we'll be back right after this Okay, episode 69 of the Talking Power podcast. I'm here with Simon Gonzo Travellini and Todd Brinkworth, and we are transmitting through 88.5 FM. Where the valley comes alive. And podcasting through iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, and SoundCloud. And more to come. More to come. Thank you, Todd. I've never heard of that one. Is that a new one? <laughs> more to more come. To well, sounds like Mordecai. <laughs> I like that movie. It was a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> Now, sp- <laughs> speaking of more to come, you, both you guys have, we record on a Monday evening, for those of you that don't know, and normally we come here and just... You ruined that. Oh, God, ruined yeah, that. just Nick, listen, you we're, we're, we're introducing a new segment to Talk and Power, we're going to be road testing vehicles, but unlike all the rest of the lame shows out there, we're going to road test modified vehicles, <laughs> because and maybe factory cars are rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> so tonight, tonight we've all had a drive of Australia's first fully operational, fully functional CAN bus <laughs> equipped E46 LS1 conversion. Now E46 to our listeners is a BMW. BMW yeah. E46. 
I think I believe the first E46 because I happen to own the first E46 <laughs> was uh, 1999. 19, yeah, that's correct. And they went through to 2006, I, I believe. believe. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, 1999 Prince. There but, you go. But, but hang on a sec. That that one out there is not just an E46. That's a coupe version as well. A coupe, yes. Yeah, yes. That yes. started seats. life as a 330Ci. Mm. Leather seats. Yeah. They all have leather seats. Oh, okay. I think so. Never I don't know. I've never seen before. I've never seen one without leather seats. <laughs> anyway, so um, you guys drove the car, mm. right? I, I have uh, I have made it clear. Uh, you know, in, in personal conversations with other people, how I think about it. I want to hear what you guys thought about it. Well, my first thought was that it's a license loser. For someone like me, I'd, I'd lose my license straight away in that <laughs> thing. But it drove magnificently well. You know what was really impressive was actually the brakes. So what have you done to the brakes or anything? The, the whole car is completely standard yeah. other than it's the, the six-cylinder uh, is gone and the automatic transmission, and it's now got a 5.7 LS1. With the six-speed. Okay, no, that is impressive. I must say, the braking was impressive. The the transmission as well, the gear changes like the, the has got an aftermarket shifter on yeah. the, on the transmission. It was, and that was really good. Clutch was reasonably light to yeah. me. I didn't think that was very heavy at all. It's very easy to drive. Like I mean, you, you drive some manual cars um, that have been you know heavy clutch. That was really easy to drive. I must say. So. You know, I've, I've, I've told people that I believe that that is the closest thing you're going to get to a modern-day Tirana. Mm, definitely, yeah, yeah, I agree. Better than a Tirana. Well, it's got power steering, air conditioning, conditioning. <laughs> electric <know>. windows. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was a beautiful car. To drive, it was a magnificent car. I really enjoyed so, it. So, Todd, you, note. you've owned several, you know, uh, circuity-type cars in your lifetime. Yeah, and driven a lot more, yeah. What do you think? First impressions. I liked it, and I thought I want one. <laughs> I wouldn't mind um, one, one myself. I um, I quite liked it. I was quite impressed. I um, yeah, I was pretty impressed. I said I like the gear change, that clutch. It's clutch obviously so light. It's obviously one the, the balance of the car. Yeah, I found it very very neutral, but in the same breath, I gave it a little bit around a corner, and it, it wanted to go everywhere but straight. <laughs> But hey, I was anticipating that, and I wasn't provoking it. I don't know whether you should be saying things like yeah, that. I don't know. We we're obviously is... testing it on a closed yeah, facility. A closed, yeah, we're, <laughs> a, we're at a circuit right now. We're we're, a, we're, uh, we're recording from Barbagallo Raceway. Yeah. yeah, this was on the track. Yeah. Actually, went a fifty-nine just then. Yeah. <laughs> Short track. <laughs> no, I was I was really yeah. impressed with the car, to be honest with you, and I like that the fact that yeah everything works, like even the interior lights, like it's not yeah. you haven't you yeah haven't yeah yeah all the dash lights work. No, no, that's well, that's the CAN bus hub. So what's happening there is the BMW uh, dash is talking to the LS1 computer through a CAN bus. Jamie from Shift Kits Australia uh, figured all of that out, did the wiring on the car. For me, from an engineering perspective, you know whenever we take on any car project i like to think that we engineer it to the nth degree and um i wouldn't be satisfied unless the car drove handled and did everything you know to what i consider properly um that car there has well and truly exceeded my expectations mm. and you know over the over the last uh, i mean you know longer than 30 years but let's say 30 years i've, I've had my driver's license um over the last 30 years 
I've driven all manner of conversion and kit cars, you know, Lamborghini replicas, Porsche replicas, et cetera, et cetera, beach buggies, so on and so forth. And, you know, I've done pretty much every V8 conversion that you could uh, imagine from, you know, big blocks, V8 Capris, V8 Cortinas. And I tell you what, I have never, never driven a car that that, that thing looks under the bonnet and drives as if it left BMW mm, like that. Yeah. 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 It's yeah, like someone at BMW well. had a bit of an attitude <laughs> and decided <laughs> we need to make something that's a little bit little bit pissed off. <laughs> I tell you, I went past the local Sanzoni BP down there and there was a guy in an SS Ute filling up and I gave it a little bit of a boom. <laughs> he got, got his attention, that's for sure. <laughs> what the hell was that? Yeah, yeah, I know. It's not meant to come out of yeah, a BMW. It's, it's a bit like a Camry. Where from? <laughs> what was that? So next week we'll be testing... Todd Zevo. Yes, yes finally. Can't wait for that. <laughs> so, uh, can't wait for that. I mean, sorry, go on, Todd. I was about to say, do I tell the story? I'll spoil some of the story. I had it for a whole hour. <laughs> Not even an hour. And was pulled over by uh, some of WA's finest. Oh, really? Yes. Um, Did they use their new uh, laser drug detector? No. So, um, have you seen that? Yeah, I saw that on the news tonight, actually. <laughs> I mean, I so they can just point it at your car and go, "Yeah, he's got drugs. He's got meth in there. He's got meth in." There. Oh, wicked! Oh, no, I didn't get that. <laughs> no, I um. It's hidden in the driver's side door handle. <laughs> oh, wicked! No, I um. I'll tell the full story uh, probably next time we drive it, but but you didn't have rego. In fairness to them, you had no place. I, I was getting there. I was about to say what <laughs> happened. What they're supposed to do? I picked the car up. And I couldn't get to a licensing centre to pick up the paperwork and the plates until Monday. Yep. So I drove it home and went, well, I'm not going to be able to drive anywhere or take anywhere with no fuel in it. So I ripped it down to the service station, 450 metres. I worked it out. In those 450 metres, it got pulled over. You had permits to drive yeah, the car. Yeah, I did, yeah. but um, apparently the uh, system for the pits and all the paperwork that was linked to the car and inspections are not linked to the police computer or database no they're not so the car didn't <coughs> exist so the what the car didn't exist no but you had the physical piece yeah of, but yeah. it still didn't exist in their system doesn't matter as long as you've got the physical piece of paper and it says that you're going between this address to this yeah. address and you're legitimately doing it well and you were legitimately doing yeah, it and the only thing that probably saved me is the fact that it was a traffic car and that there was probably a i don't know high-speed chase or murder going down somewhere and they got a phone call and get told to leave family they, they worry about murders <laughs> Let's be fair to the WA police. You had no plates on there. I'd be annoyed if they didn't pull you over. Drive oh, so would I. So would I. I. In, fact, in fact, I'm upset they didn't impound the car. <laughs> no, no, no. I'll no. be putting, I'll no. be putting a complaint in. Common sense prevailed. They said, no, you're a good, yep, got the paperwork. Okay, you're on your way. Did they, was it no, no, I said, the only thing that saved me is the fact that they got a phone call and had to bail. And I. What do you mean by that? Saved so you from what? You weren't doing anything wrong. No, and then I had to um, they actually, I had to go back to the Warwick Police Station the day after and have a chat to them and go, here's the rest of the paperwork, here's what happened. And by then they went, oh, yeah, we know that. Thanks for that. Mm, so you're saying there's a glitch in the system. <sighs> yeah, but anyway. Okay. The good All news right. is no. it's now officially... You need right. to write to your local member. <laughs> well, I think our, seat, our seat's up in for re-election at the moment, Sterling. No, or that's that's local. You're talking local government. Oh, We're talking, well, yeah. he's talking yeah. state government. Anyway, there'll be a review coming up of that. It's now licensed and insured, and after six months of waiting, I have an Evo. So, Beautiful car, Todd. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm very happy. We'll road test it. No, we'll, we'll get I'm to thrash it next, <laughs> yeah. next episode. to driving that. Yeah. <clears throat> I really am. No. Yeah. Never driven one before. You'll like it. I know. Yeah. I like the Beamer. Yeah. <laughs> you got to understand that I drive a, a station wagon yeah. all day, every day. Not by choice, but that's what I do. But yeah. Aren't you offer a new car? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> At some point. I said be Commodore in your future. No, no, no. no um, SUV after this. Anyway, oh, really? Yeah, Not yeah. a Mondeo. I'd ask for no. a Ford Ranger. No. Ranger no. Raptor. Holding Arcadia. Oh, no, no, really? Don't, don't be like that. Don't be don't be mocking. Colorado. So you are getting a Z. No. <laughs> oh, ZB. Isn't that what they've got on the front of the ZB? A ZB yeah, Arcadia. It's... it's that's very good. It's true, isn't it? Doesn't yeah, it say correct. Arcadia? Arcadia, yes. Yeah. Wasn't it a nightclub? Yeah, it was. It was a bloody good nightclub too. Before my time, but I remember the name. And I went there a few times, Arcadia. Yeah. Yep. New- Newcastle Street. It was Newcastle Street. There was one street over. It wasn't wasn't in the right the heart of North yeah. Bridge. It was the old underground. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Newcastle Street. What was street, the band yeah. that used to play there? I can't remember that. But um I went there a few times. God, I'll remember. I'll remember. <laughs> We used to go. They used to have <laughs> Darren Reed in the Soul City. <laughs> they, wasn't there, was it? They used to have a happy hour there. We'd Not go there. there, and then we'd go from there to Jeremiah's. I think it was oh, called yeah, Jeremiah's. Oh, yeah, wow. they had a happy hour, and then we'd go back to Arcadia. Yeah. What you need to tell our listeners is the truth here. <laughs> is the truth that he used to take his SS Commodore and park it at the front of Havana's? No, on no, no, no. It wasn't the SS. It was the Capri. Oh, the Capri. He used to take his Capri. I used to drive. I used to drive there Saturday lunchtime. Park out the front. Get a good parking spot. Get the killer parking spot. The parking spot right out the front. It was Hannibal's back in those days. It wasn't Varner's. Wow. And get the train home. Yeah, catch the train home. Yep. Oh, too legit to quit. There we go. No, that was awesome. That's an awesome move. <laughs> and then go out and then have the car at the front of the nightclub. The front. The oh. only the only backfire there is is that you know if if you end up taking home someone that you don't really want to be seen with. <laughs> Doesn't pan out. <laughs> but I never had to worry about that because no, I was, was a say. good Christian boy. Yep. Did anything like that. <laughs> so that's yeah, the truth wasn't, to wasn't that by story. Twist, to be honest. But anyway. <laughs> uh, you know what? On that note, I think we should take a break. Yeah. This is going to be a controversial podcast, this one. <laughs> Breaking all the rules. All right, we'll be back right after this. Okay, episode 69 of the Talking Power podcast. We are transmitting on 88.5 FM. Uh, when the valley, <laughs> when the valley comes alive, <laughs> when the valley comes alive, yeah, we're, we're, we're Simon's reading the notes. <laughs> Formula and E, Formula E, Formula yes, e. that's that's correct. That's where we're up to. Um, the, they are looking at a turnover of around about two hundred million dollars. Two hundred million euros. Euro, yeah, sorry, not dollars. That's that's, that's, that's even better than. It's like a billion yeah. dollars, <laughs> like a hundred billion Australian dollars. One billion dollars. <laughs> Anyway, so, so uh, this is a, a, a 50% up on 2017-2018. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, it's interesting. It doesn't really give me a great deal of um, information about where, where that revenue actually came from. Was it ticket sales or was it promotion? Was it TV rights? I, I don't know. You know, what I, what I think is also very interesting <laughs> is that the average Formula 1 team spends about 500 million per car. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, it, so that means that the average Formula 1 team could buy two whole Formula E <laughs> categories. Series. <laughs> the whole series for every car that they run. Ferrari could have four. Oh, there you go. I know. <laughs> but it's it's interesting because it's it's seen still seen as a growth sport. The FIA is 100% behind this, this, this category. So I watch it all the time now. Mm. But my wife and I sit down and I'm not... I'm joking. I'm being serious here. I'm not joking. <laughs> You're looking at me like I'm about to, you know, this is, I'm leading into a line or something. No. Yeah. We watch it and um, it, I think it's really cool. The only thing that I really hate about it is it is like watching a computer game. And, yeah. and that really detracts from the fact that those drivers have to have a skill set. At the end of the day, the one thing with electric power because it's one gear your right foot is really controlling what's going on mm. you know um so it would be tricky to drive one of those the amount of torque that the electric motors make uh but they've got these stupid things like whenever they crash out there's a little um icon of the driver that comes up and he does something stupid like puts his hands in his head or he shakes his head or <laughs> I'm serious. Okay. It's, it's, it's a me, Mario. Yeah, it is. It's like watching Mario Kart. My wife said the same thing. This is like watching Mario Kart. And then you have to go... There's this spot on the track where you, you drive out of the racing line and go over this, like, speed-up thing. I forget what they call it, but you get an extra, I don't know, 100 kilowatts or whatever mm. for X amount of time. All that gimmicky stuff... Is all rubbish. Yeah, they should yeah. get rid of it. And the other thing is the fact that there's manufacturers that have attached their names to the cars. I reckon that's rubbish as well. If it's not a BMW or it's not a, a Mercedes or it's not a whatever, then it shouldn't have a name on it. At the end of the day, all those cars are exactly the same. And that's the thing. They're actually detracting from the skills of the drivers because if you're in this series and you're winning then you you know you're better than the rest of the guys because it's not that your team has more money or your engineers are better yeah. it just comes down to the fact that you're a better driver because the cars are the same so you know i would really like to see this series get rid of all the the um uh gaming crap that they've attached to it because you, you know people that are into gaming are into gaming right leave them alone they're not mm. gonna. They're not gonna come over to the motorsports world just because you've tried to turn it into what looks like a game, right? People that are into motorsports are into motorsports. All you're doing now is making people that are into motorsports start thinking about playing computer games. Yeah, which is we don't want to do that no, at all. We no, no, it's like the when they brought the drifting into the drags. All it did was make more people go to the drifting. <laughs> Mm, it didn't, yeah. didn't attract it didn't more people, attract to people to the drags. No. Not at all. Yeah. You know, it's, it's stupid. Um, 
But, you know, obviously these guys, they're, they're turning over a whole 200 million euros. Yeah, it's just interesting to know where that's coming from as well because it, it doesn't... Probably ABB. Yeah, it, does, it certainly doesn't indicate that, where, where that revenue comes from. Well, Int- when, next time you're driving down the road and you see a transformer on the top of a pole, yep. Formula E. <laughs> that's what's paying for it. Those insulators, Formula E. What's interesting is you made a, a very good point about the manufacturers being behind the cars. I mean, I guess Formula One can be guilty of that as well, like we've seen. Aston Martin in the naming rights of yeah, but Nick, those teams they are independent, you mm. know, teams. They are they might not be like you know they might not be the production line for an Aston Martin here, and the Formula One teams being built in the same factory as as it could possibly be in say Ferrari, mm. you know, um, or McLaren with the F1 team and the F and the cars, the road cars. Uh, but there's still something distinguishing these cars are all the same yeah yeah no, they're no, all I, exactly I the same now where formula one's going next season with this fixed aero package mm. that's kind of you know the motors are going to be different but they're starting to make the chassis more uniform yeah i don't i don't know i don't really agree with it mm. i don't yeah. think it's going to fix the problem that the reality is that the cream always rises to the top and mm. if you've got more money You've got better engineers, or you've, you're just hungrier for it. Um, you know, you, you're gonna do better than the rest of the guys. Yeah. Uh, I, I just right now, motorsports is in a very, very strange phase because you know you have to question with most motorsports how much uh, the driver has to do with everything mm. um and is it is it the traditional driving skills or is it some sort of new skill which is a hybrid between technology and you know physical attributes no you know doubt I mean? it is that's that's where it's that's where it is now it's, it's not it's not the uh, the traditional driving skills that we saw even in formula one or touring cars or whatever it may be those they, they are gone so if you got a a um uh, a young uh nicky louder no, nah, and they got to go even further back than that when they actually drove the cars, when they yeah. had H-Pat and sticks and that. Um, uh, no, 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 let's go. Sterling oh. Moss era. What was, mm. he, what was the, 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 the champion of champions? Uh, Juan Fangio. That's it? Yeah. If you got a Fangio and put him in Bottas's car, put him up against Hamilton, it's... a young Fangio, how would he go? No, it would be, wouldn't be good at all. So what about if you got Hamilton... And put him in a stick shift. No, that'd be terrible. <laughs> I just, I, I, I just don't, I don't agree with where it's ended up. And I know yeah. over the years they've tried to stop the technology. And you almost gotta, you almost gotta say to yourself, maybe we need classes in motorsport where they are still a H pattern shifted transmission with a carburetor, mm. you know, where the, the ability to cheat doesn't exist. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you no, know? I agree with that. Yeah. We spoke about it last podcast, mm. the um, the famous, what was the option, option 13? 41, wasn't it? Or I thought it was, oh, I don't know, I can't something. Now, yeah. so, so. Dial up the power. It's like Lewis Hamilton at the, the in, in Monza, he kept asking for more power, but they were yeah. reluctant to give him the power. They were really reluctant because they're, they're on their third motor, and they are nervous. They are nervous. They anyway, can't to take yeah. pit, really I, I think that, that, you know, classes like Formula E have that potential. They have that potential. It's not 
motorsport as we know it. Mm. Um, but if you took all the crap off and you said, right, that you need to control this thing with your right foot, um, it would be, you know. But yeah. yeah, right now, you know, having names associated like BMW and so on, Dragon. I didn't. I didn't even know it was a Dragon. <laughs> There's some names there. Isn't DS. Mahindra Racing I'm to race tractors as well now <laughs> Is that Envision or Eurovision? <laughs> Envision I know en- the font Envision. on my printer is terrible Gee, that's a bit Envision. sus Envision yeah. Virgin Racing What? <laughs> what? <laughs> that, did anyone read these before they <laughs> Jaguar uh, what Nissan E dams is Nissan into making dams now? <laughs> I'll be damned. Virtual dams, yeah. Electronic dams, what are they? batteries. <laughs> yeah. They're an electronic dam, aren't they? I'll be a damn tour guide. Anyway, <laughs> Neo. Oh yeah, <laughs> Nissan's got two entries. RB twenty five Neo. <laughs> Porsche, Mahindra Racing. Sort of Mahindra there. makes cars, eh? Tractors as well. Tractors. That's mm, what it is. Yep. That's where I heard the name. Yep. And cars too, but yeah. All right, on that note, guys, we'll we'll call this close this podcast. Um, thanks for coming in, guys. Thanks for coming in, Todd. Thanks for no coming worries. in, Simon. Thanks for bringing the cars in. It was awesome. Yeah, uh, enjoyed that, and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. See you in the street. Yeah. See, See you in the track. Talk and power your motorsport and motoring radio show now on eighty-eight point five FM. The valley comes alive, and podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au.